The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. When the people saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into boats and crossed to Capernaum to look for Jesus. When they found him on the other side, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered, I tell you most solemnly, you are not looking for me because you have seen the signs, but because you had all the bread you wanted to eat. Do not work for food that cannot last, but work for food that endures to eternal life, the kind of food the Son of Man is offering you. For on him the Father, God himself, has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do if we are to do the works that God wants? Jesus gave them this answer. This is working for God. You must believe in the one he has sent. So they said, What sign will you give to show us that we should believe in you? What work will you do? Our fathers had manna to eat in the desert. As scripture says, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus answered, I tell you most solemnly, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven. It is my father who gives you the bread from heaven, the true bread. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread always. Jesus answered, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. He who believes in me will never thirst. The Gospel of the Lord. Today, you may have noticed that in the first reading, it talks a lot about complaining. And so I figured this whole homily would be about complaining, huh? And it's important, I think, because complaining is something that I think has been in the history of the church from the beginning. We see it, actually, in the text. So, complaining... It's a very interesting thing. We do it all the time. And it's like we get stuck or focused so much on the details that we forget where we're going. So, with the people of Israel, where were they going? Where were they in this text? I know you all paid attention. You remember the first reading, right? So, where were they going in that first text? They were going to the promised land. They were in the desert. Where were they leaving? Do you remember what it was? They're leaving Egypt, right? So they're going to the promised land. They're leaving Egypt. And what was good about Egypt? We know what was bad, I hope. What was bad in Egypt is that there were slaves. I hope you know that. And if you don't, then you do now. So that's good. Uh, what was good in Egypt? They had vegetables. 
They had all kinds of good food. They were safe, relatively. At least they're not going to die of starvation in the desert. What was good about the promised land? They don't know. They say it's the promised land flowing of milk and honey, but yeah, 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 that's on the other side of the desert. That's on the other side. So, what happens? They start to focus a little bit on their feet, on how much their feet hurt. They start to focus a little bit too much on how much their stomach aches. They start to focus a little bit too much on details, important ones, granted, important. The fact you're starving, that's somewhat important, I would agree. But they start to focus so much on the details that their only cry becomes one of complaining all the time. They weren't just sitting there saying, hey, uh, Moses, by the way, uh, what are we going to do for food? You know, like a constructive kind of criticism, trying to remind Moses that we do have to do something. It wasn't that. It became an actual complaint where this kind of complaint is like, ah, what are we going to do? Where we get focused on the detail and we forget about where we're going. So in fact, this complaining starts to fight against their hope. Very important word. Because they take their eyes off of the promised land, where they're going. They actually start to say, why did you even take us out of Egypt in the first place? We were happy. We had vegetables and leeks and all kinds of nice stuff. Now we don't have it anymore. They start to complain. And they show us something that's very interesting. Your complaints, because I suppose you're human, so your complaints drive away your hope. Drive away your desire to go forward. And sure, there needs to be a constructive criticism. Become a religious and find out. Apparently, they say... Entering the religious life, you have to have tough skin. The religious life is what I live, by the way. I'm a religious, in case you don't know. Uh, the people that wear the habit, we take vows of poverty, chastity, obedience, no money, no honey, and a boss, if you remember. Um, and we're forced to live with each other. We're forced to live with each other. And we didn't even choose each other, so it's not like you're living with your best friends or anything like that. Just random people put in a house together. And so it's very often you have to have a tough skin, a very tough skin, because you have to put up with a lot, a lot in religious life. Um, and that's why you get these... Anyways, I can go on and on. Um, the, nevertheless, complaints are part of the religious life too. And the funny thing about it is you become an old, jaded priest if you complain too much. Or you just become an old, jaded person. Worn out, because all you do is you think of the evils of the fact that you're going to starve in the desert. Starve, starve, starve. And it kills your soul. Complaining, that is. Complaining kills your soul. It doesn't mean you're not supposed to be aware of the fact that you're starving and working constructively to figure this out. But it does mean 
that you've lost sight of the heavenly Jerusalem. You're too focused on what's going on in your stomach. And you're no longer focused on God. And then you wonder why people lose hope. You wonder why people stop seeing the reason to come. You know, there's all kinds of complaining. There's complaining about what's going on inside of me. Why do I always feel this way? Why do I always blah, 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 blah? There's complaining about my family. Oh, my sister, tra la 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 My mom, tra la 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 So it goes, complaining about me, why do I? I feel this way or do this, why am I so dumb or why am I so whatever? Complaining about my family. There's complaining about the larger group too. And we find that in the church. Ever since I've known about the church, you find people complaining about Mass, complaining about the Eucharist, complaining about the way we celebrate it in this church or that church. And the funny part about it is it does the same thing. All this complaining inside the church makes us take our eyes focused <laughs> Rather, it takes his eye, our eyes off the focus on God. Why are we here at Mass? God. If you're struggling with your faith, why are you here? God. So that you might not struggle so much, maybe. <laughs> you know? To get a little bit of consolation in the midst of a desert. And yet, we focus too much on this detail, whether or not the homily was good or bad, whether or not the church does this thing or that thing, whether or not we're all receiving in the hand or on the tongue, whether or not we're all doing this liturgical practice or that. And we forget there does need to be constructive criticism, and we do need to build the church. But we forget, why are we here? We're here because Jesus is the bread of life. Because in Christ we find our hope. And he is truly, truly there. We forget because we get too distracted. Because we complain. We complain inside of our own hearts. We complain about our families. And we complain about our church. And instead, we lose hope. But I would like to challenge you to stop complaining about yourself, your family, or your church. And to start to work. To stop, start to walk through the desert. And to keep your eyes focused on Christ. He is the true food, the true manna that will keep you sustained. Because we are not working walking towards Jerusalem, we're walking towards the heavenly, which means we're walking towards God the Father. We're walking to rest in God. And how are we getting there? Well, it's the Eucharist, Jesus Christ. And if you haven't discovered that, well, I just told you. So now you have. Now you have no excuse. And keep your eyes focused on him.
Keep your eyes focused on your destination. And stop complaining and work so that we might all make it together and we might dwell in him. And we might already on this earth, already in this desert, experience a bit of the joy that comes from hope.